As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growlin, Paul Yenner Jr. of The Athletic, here with you on a kind of a special uh, edition. We'll call it special. Feels like a good way to go about it. Um, it is Thanksgiving week, and that has become the new tradition for me of taking vacation. You know, these these seasons have gone long, and the off-season that immediately follows the season is maybe our busiest time, actually. Um, certainly everyone's super engaged as soon as the season ends, and you get into free agency, which the Bengals have been active in, and draft, and it's all busy. And that used to be a good time to get away. And um, the Bengals were winning late. And there hasn't really good time to sneak these vacations in anymore. So this has kind of been one for me. Thanksgiving week, I take the week off. Um, recording this before I left. So I don't even know the results would happen on Sunday. But that's okay. So I just wanted to kind of let you guys know, you know, you got to always be taking this time when you can get it. Uh, it's very hard in season to get time uh, with my family, with my two girls, with my wife, with everyone. It's just, there's just not a lot of time. And so we're uh, we're taking a trip. We're going to the Hocking Hills. We're going to go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is a delight. And we're going to go to Thanksgiving at my wife's family that lives outside of Philadelphia. And then eventually make our way back. I will be back for Sunday's game. Bengals and Steelers. I'll be back in the mix for that, bringing you all your coverage there. I've got a story up this week uh, that's already done on Jake Browning. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that here today and give you a little bit of some of the interviews uh, and pieces that I thought were interesting about him and things like that. I hope everybody listened this past Weekend, I recorded an episode with Josh Sneed, and in in you know, I we said this on the podcast with Josh, who you should go see Wednesday night at the Funny Bone in Liberty. Uh, go check that out. It's his one Cincinnati show he does, so make sure you get in now. Um, but on that, the episode was originally just going to be one that we did early and ran this week but it just felt like it needed to be out all the burrow stuff needed to react to that josh was the perfect just 
was the perfect person with the perfect perspective. And it was a chance to kind of be a little more lighthearted on it. So that's all up. A lot of stuff there uh, in, in regards to where everybody's at from a Bengals fandom perspective. But uh, that was going to kind of be here. But so we're just going to do it this way. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Jake Browning. I've got a special segment that is perfect for Thanksgiving week um, with the two owners of this new company called Future Fans. They have a a game called Future Fans Football, their their brand, which is really, really cool. They have Cincinnati ties, you know, from here. They're based out of Columbus, but, you know, it was based out of being a Bengals fan and a dad with kids and wanting to help teach them the game of football and start to grow that connection and how it works. And of Thanksgiving week, you're going to be with your family. Football's on. It felt like the perfect time to bring these guys. I've been wanting to, wanting to uh, introduce you guys to them and to this game because if you're out there, if you're a mom or a dad and you want to find a way to teach your kids, it's awesome. I did this. It, it worked. It's really cool. And they're doing work with the Bengals here now. Uh, in trying to help them connect a little bit better in the community. So uh, we're going to have those guys on here in a little bit to talk a little bit about that. And then I'll give you guys a growler bet here too. All of that. Thank you so much for kind of allowing me to take this week. It's insanely helpful. I feel like a functioning human being in January when I'm trying to crank out the big ones for you guys. At that point, these seasons are long. They've been particularly hard lately. <laughs> uh, the Burrow thing has gone nuts. And obviously, everybody's still kind of reacting to that and dealing with that. And there's a lot more I'm going to get into as we get into the rest of the year with that. Um, if you guys have questions you want me to answer um, when I come back, you know, feel free, of course, to always drop me emails, um, send stuff on Twitter, but I will be pretty much out of pocket until the Steelers game on Sunday. But you can leave those there, right there. And I, I look forward to having, everybody wants when they come back from vacation, have like the giant inbox. You have 942 unread messages. That's always what you want. But I'm happy to do it. I like the idea of coming back to a bunch of stuff that you guys want to know, maybe stories you'd like to see, questions you have. Always love that. Um. So thank you again for letting me kind of get this time to to get away and recharge and set back up so I can uh, nail it down the stretch for everybody. All right, Jake Browning. I, I touched on this a little bit um, the other day with Josh in that, and again, I have a story up now on how Jake Browning got to this spot. It's a crazy... It's a crazy story and kind of what sports are about in a lot of ways. It's like it's like the stories you root for. I don't know if Jake Browning's going to be any good, but I do know that he's worth rooting for. I'll say that. And there's a lot of stories like him in the league when you're seeing them play out across not just backup quarterbacks like the Josh Dobbs situation, but other – I mean, this happens across positions, and, and I love – I, I, I love focusing on those when we have the opportunity to. And, you know, Jake did everything right that, that you could ask. He breaks every record at the University of Washington. 
throws for over 12,000 yards. He gets to Minnesota as an undrafted free agent and, of course, is fighting an uphill battle as an undrafted free agent quarterback and is waived after an offseason and preseason in camp, not once in 2019, not twice in 2020, but three times after 2021 he's let go. And the whole time, between every one of those, he takes his off-seasons to do what he called double down on himself, double down on investing in himself. So he goes to different trainers. Um, he ends up down at 3D QB, um, which Tom House, um, Adam Dato, really a kind of a premier spot, works with them trying to fix some of his mechanics, the shortcomings that were stopping him, you know, things that he needed to work on and really does a lot of work there in his, with his off seasons. Then later Burrow kind of says, hey, I think Jordan Palmer might be able to help you with some of the stuff that you're trying to work on. So he goes out there, he does stuff. He's out there with Joe um, and working with Jordan Palmer some on different things. And time and time again kind of did that. And, but he didn't know it was going to be enough. I mean, he was, dude was going to go to coaching. He tells the story about how he had five days where after he got let go by Minnesota in 21, he's just back in Seattle and he's calling his former coaches at Stanford now and Oregon State. And he's saying, I think I'm going to come down and can I just get on your staff, basically work for free, be around so he could take a tryout if he got one, but kind of move on. Think about coaching. Look, start looking into it. What's next for me, right? Because it appears maybe the NFL is going to spit you out. And that's when the Bengals called, right before he was about to drive to Corvallis, Oregon, and start potentially a career in coaching, the Bengals called. And he lived when he calls, you know, four years uh, on a damn near life sentence on a practice squad, as he dubs it, you know, where he's just kind of stuck there and trying to work his way out and trying to find relevancy, trying to get better. And every time he etched out a little bit more opportunity and it sold the people around him a little bit in the building on him working with the defensive players uh, regularly to help them understand what quarterbacks might be thinking in situations against certain spots, being a sounding board for players, like just be kind of a therapeutic guy who's around, who's not in the mix with vested interest elsewhere. Like he's just there and helped him develop all these relationships across the locker room. And he did his best to connect with Joe Burrow and has done that. And Joe talked about how they've become friends. And it just seemed like at every point he was doing everything right. And that's why they gave him the opportunity to compete against Trevor Simeon. And he, and he won going away in that battle. Was it pretty? No. Um, sometimes it wasn't, but he got, he continually got better. He was continually until he was continually doing the extra stuff to make sure that he was learning from all of his live reps and, and yeah, and everything he was doing there and got himself to this point now where now he's the guy and, and 
you know, I, I talked to Brian Callahan, who you're going to hear from in a little bit, about, you know, people said you guys should have gone after a bigger name and rather than sitting tight and going with somebody who is unknown, like, like a Jake Browning. But the fact that he's been here for two and a half years uh, and everything they knew about him was part of the equation of why they stuck with him and believed that he could be the answer. And again, the the end of the day is nobody knows if he's the answer. Nobody knows if Jake Browning's going to be any good. He could come out here and stink. And I think when you talk about what would happen next, I mean, he would have to really lose all faith in the team with his play and whatever else for them to pull the plug on him and move to A.J. McCarron. I mean, it's possible because anything's possible right now because it's such an unknown with what Jake Browning's going to be other than what we saw in that short week where he's thrown into the mix against Baltimore. So, but you can you can see it that the team and teammates and coaches really do believe in him. So the idea of him losing the the room so to speak, which is, you know, Finleying, can we call it Finleying? Ryan Finley when they just like that was just not no one no one is following that guy into anything other than a loss. And so that doesn't seem like that could be the case, but again, you never know. So the point being, there's a belief that he can do this from, and, and that's part of why he's here and in this position. But the fact that he got to this spot, like there's just a lot of people that would not make it here. <laughs> when you consider how many times he's been let go, waved three times by the Vikings, another time by the Bengals, you know, they had to bring him up for some game checks to keep him around. He wanted to stay here. They brought him up at the end of last year uh, when other teams were knocking on his door a little bit and because he believed that at some point in his life, if he just kept investing in himself and kept grinding, that he could get a chance to prove it. And we don't know what he'll be. He could be Brock Purdy. He could be Chase Daniel. He could be an offensive analyst at Oregon State next week. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody does. But I'll say when it comes to sports, I think you can tell why the Bengals believed in Jake and why he's somebody that could be fun to root for. Um, and people might not like that. You know, people people might would rather just have Carson Wentz here or whatever. But... I think the point is that they think he's made of the right stuff and, and might be able to do something. And we'll see what that is. We'll all watch together, won't we? Uh, so what I'm going to bring you next is some of Jake Browning, a bunch of Jake Browning audio from Friday when he met with reporters in the locker room after Burrow and Zach Taylor talked. Uh, I'm going to bring you some of Zach Taylor talking about Jake Browning. And then a little bit of my conversation with Brian Callahan. Uh, Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. About Jake. Uh, so I'll bring you those three and then I'll be right back here. Jake, what it's like for you getting the news today about Joe being out for the year? Uh, I mean, it's it sounds weird, but it's a, there's an opportunity for me, so it's... That part's exciting. Uh, obviously, close with Joe. Bummed to see him go down, um, and that doesn't take away from the fact that it, it sucks to have him out, and he's a big part of this team, obviously. But uh, I think, you know, for me, I'm not going to hide the fact that like I'm excited for my opportunity, and I think everybody in here, including Joe, you know, kind of knows that. What conversations been like with Joe thus far? I mean, how, how would you guys say? Good. I mean, I think it started on the sideline. I think I kind of said after the game, it was a little bit of a role uh, reversal of, you know, he was kind of the calm voice of uh, reassuring, like, you know, me maybe thinking, oh, I could have put a ball here. He's like, no, you gave him a good ball or, you know, you made the right read or you did this. And so it's just good to hear that because you're naturally going to be kind of hard on yourself on the sideline and just lets you continue to play free. And so that was always something I kind of tried to do when he was playing. And uh, I was, you know, like like all of this, it's it's an unfortunate situation for our team to be in where one of our best players is hurt. But you know, it's it's the reality of why you have a backup and, and why I prepare each week like I need to go in. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity and, uh, you know, one day at a time. What's the prep like on Monday as you kind of, you know. One more time. What's the prep like on a Monday today or whatever day today is uh, compared to the day after game? I mean, what's that process like for you now? I mean, I kind of have been operating as if I'm, you know, getting ready to go start a football game because I know at some point – whether that opportunity came now or later or never, but you know, you, you, I'd be really pissed off at myself if I wasn't prepared when I got thrown in. So I've been preparing like I'm going to be the guy for two and a half years here now in the same offense, and so I kind of got my routine down. Um, feel really good about that. I'm, I can do the same routine over and over and, and kind of stick at it and kind of make the tweaks here and there to see like what what the perfect week looks like for me getting ready, but. Feel pretty good about my routine. You you've been entrusted. You've been entrusted with a team that's in the hunt for the playoffs. Uh, how, uh, how do you how do you get these guys, or how do you how do you guys focus turn the focus now to you know we got a shot to yeah I mean make it yeah I mean I just keep going back to the fact that it's unfortunate Joe went down, but I think there is uh, you know I'm close to everybody in the locker room. I've been in this locker room for a while. Worked really hard behind the scenes. I think a lot of guys have seen that, and uh, so I, I think there's. There's some rally around the guy that's getting getting a chance. You, know, you kind of saw that last year. I remember watching Trent Irwin kind of get that chance and, and step up to that challenge. And it was like, all right, like it's pretty cool to see. Like that's going to be me at some point. And uh, so now that opportunity's here, and uh, looking to make the most of it. But I think I think there's a lot more that goes on in the locker room. A lot more close friendships and connections with teammates. Like it's not like I just got here two weeks ago. Like I've been here for a long time, helping the defense out a lot talking to everybody you're kind of just like the counselor of I know everything that's going on but I'm not right in the heat of it so if some guy needs to go vent about something and you know I'm usually the guy they're going to go to and so I uh, got a lot of close friendships in this locker room got a great locker room Zach does a great job getting guys in here and, and rallying around and keeping it positive if guys talk that today if guys uh, if guys come to you t- this morning and yeah I mean I think I think out. Yeah, it started like the, the Monday night game where it was kind of looking like there was a good shot I was going to play. 
And, uh, you know, guys were like, yeah, let's go. Like, let's, there's some excitement. And I felt the same way. And, uh, and then same thing, Joe goes down, you know, keeps saying it. It's unfortunate, but guys are like, here, here let's go, let's rally. You and uh, so that's, that's kind of, I think, how it will be going forward, too. You said last night that like you're the one guy who has to be thinking about what if goes out. What did you see in the moment? When did you start thinking about warming up and kind of that whole stretch? I mean, I just saw him throw the touchdown and grab his wrist, and then came to the sideline, went in the tent, and then saw. And that's when I started warming up. Uh, I told him, good thing he scored that touchdown. He threw a touchdown there and gave me a little more time to warm up because I was I hadn't moved in a little while, um, but. And then he basically tried to throw and couldn't throw. And like, all right, here we go. There's a lot of, I mean, before you're, you're untethered, before you're under contract, what's kind of kept you here over the last couple of years? What have you liked about this place that's kind of kept you here over the years? I don't even know what untethered means. <laughs> well, I mean, you could have had a chance to go to, you know, someone else wanted to sign you off the practice squad. You know, yeah. You know, I mean, there was a couple of times that that came up, and, you know, those were the ones where I was randomly getting elevated uh, towards the end of some of the seasons, and it was – it was good to, you know, kind of say, hey, like, here's what I got on the table. If you, if you want me here, match it. And they did every single time. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I feel good here. I've kind of just taken the last couple of years of learning offense. It's pretty quarterback friendly. And uh, being around Joe, seeing how he operates. And then just really there's not a lot in practice or with coaches where they're focused on my development. So it's kind of been my job of, like, Make sure I'm still focused on the fact that like I'm trying to get better at football, um, and kind of unsupervised in that, and so that's kind of where the routine comes in weekly. How important is that to have that vote of confidence over the last, I mean, for the last couple of years from the coaching staff and the front office, even though you know you were, you were where you were at? Yeah, I mean, there was confidence. I, mean, I would say they still cut me twice, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I think I, the player I showed up here as and what I am now, I think is a big difference. I've always been, you know had scramble ability and stuff like that, but just a combination of a lot of things, getting around in a new system and being in that system for a while. And two training camps where, you know, Joe's got the appendectomy and then the calf, you get a lot of reps in that. And then just how high level the conversations are and then being able to keep up with that and have that translate to my own game, is, I think it's helped a lot. You rest without taking over a team that's in the playoff right now. Does that feel like an extra weight that's on you right now taking over a team that's still legitimately in the hunt? I don't feel a lot of weight. Maybe I'm the one that's off with that assessment, but I don't feel a lot of weight about anything. It's kind of day by day and rep by rep, and I think that was kind of the main thing I was trying to do when I went in the Ravens game was just, hey, one play at a time. Uh, you know, even some of those last drives were down by, you know, we get a couple scores. You know, don't try and score 14 points on one throw, and just keep sustaining, keep making the right reads, and and know that, you know, we got a good offense, and I've seen it operate at a high level, and kind of know what it takes to do that. All the reps you got with the ones during training camp, and, you know, that that time period. How does that help you and benefit you now? I mean, I think it it showed on the. I mean, it was kind of garbage time touchdown, but it, the throw to Jamar, like, I don't think I make that throw if I don't have all of August throwing those throws to him. A lot of timing involved, but uh, yeah, I think it's just it allowed me to hop into the game and be like, hey, I've, I've been going against our defense for all of August, which I would argue going against the same defense over and over day after day. You know, like that that makes you really refine your game and stay one step ahead of what they see on you, and so. 
jump into a game against a good defense. Felt comfortable and felt like I threw the ball where I wanted to on all my throws. Obviously, you're gonna have some plays you want back, and just kind of, you know, how do you assess that going forward, and what do you fix and stuff? You look around the league, and there are there are backup quarterbacks winning games all over the NFL. Does that buoy you at all that that this can be done? I mean, Josh Dobbs famously, what he's doing in Minnesota right now, you kind of step into a same spot, good roster, and a team that's capable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks out there. I feel like I'm one of those, and you know, I think there's. There's a lot of storylines you can kind of run with, but I think my job is just to go day by day, have my routine, and get ready to have the best Monday, have the best Tuesday, and just keep stacking those days. And then with every rep, kind of learning from that, and every live rep in a live pocket in a game, learning from that, and now having kind of that runway to do something with that, and not just going out for like the first, second quarter of a game in August. And so I think that will be something. It's I think for a quarterback, it's really important to be able to see yourself on film in live games and kind of like, okay, like, here's what I did. Here's what I was thinking. Here's how I could adjust that thought or that throw a little bit to kind of take that next step. And you just keep stacking those kind of thoughts with your reps on tape and trying to become a better player. That's that's a big part of the battle of playing quarterback is, is you put in the work um, to have confidence in yourself. It's not just false hope. It's not just you, you get out there and put on a brave face trying to trick everybody thinking you know what you're doing. Jake has, Jake has done that, you know, and he's shown that through his actions. He's shown that through um, his ability to bond with, with everyone in the locker room. You know, I think guys think really highly of Jake and respect the work he puts in. And, um, again, I can't speak enough to the types of questions that he asks. He asks difficult questions in the meetings to make sure that he's prepared. If it's something maybe there's so much to cover over the course of a week. Um, that is the job of backup quarterback is, is again, you're an extension of the coaching staff. And sometimes you got to, hey, let's make sure we talk about this also. And so Jake's always done a great job of that, as good as anybody I've been around. And that's prepared him to go into a moment like this. And, again, go in on a, on a short week at Baltimore versus a really good defense. And, and that gives us a chance to move the ball. He's willing to do all of that stuff yeah. and, like, hard chase a dream, even though, like, you know, so many – roadblocks were thrown up to him people told him no over and over again I mean you guys even cut him twice yeah you know that's what um that's what we see yeah in Jake and that's not what the public is to see in Jake and when you see a guy like that every day and you see the work that he puts in and how important it is to him you have a lot of confidence in a guy like that Mm -hmm. and he's been waiting his entire life to have an opportunity he's been dying for a chance to prove that he's capable of, of yeah. playing NFL quarterback and I, you know I'll, I'll let my money ride with guys like that you know like yeah that's just what it is I, they, those guys tend to find ways to not fail and yeah. um, everything he does around the building everything he does at practice all of his habits and routines have been everything you could ever want and so that's what he's that's why he's been here for hang around two and long and a half enough years. eventually you'll get a chance yeah and, yeah and we've invested in him and then yeah. he's in turn invested back into himself and i mean again silver linings but yeah. now you get a chance to see him go do it and people would say you guys should have gone out there and been more aggressive and gotten a bigger backup name especially when joe had the calf yeah but you kind of jake was a big part of why you guys didn't do that i assume yeah was because you're just like like what you're saying like yeah, that's maybe that would appease the masses. Oh, a fancy name that you know, sure, something like that. But 
you know, there's more to be said for people that are like been here, been in the grind, and that have shown that they're all about the right stuff. Yeah, that matters. Those things yeah. matter, and I think that you know, and Jake too for his relationship with Joe. Like, there's I've always believed that the backup quarterback position is is an integral part of what makes the the quarterback world go round in, in that mm-hmm. process of the season. And there's a place for guys that have a that kind of role, and it matters. And there's this perception that like just because a guy's played some football doesn't mean that he's any better. Like, we're going to find out if Jake's good enough. Yeah. You know? And that's where we're at. And if he's not, then he's not. Yeah. But if he is, then... That's great for him. That's great for him. And it's great for us. <laughs> and for you guys, yeah. So, you know, that's that's just what it is. I mean, you can, you can go jump around and try to sign names all you want just because they're recognizable, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be any better than what you got that's yeah. probably a reason why they're out there as backups in the first place yeah um but i trust jake i trust everything he does i trust the way he goes about his business joe trusts him zach trusts him mm-hmm. the players trust him you know he's super chill yeah you should I see me like <laughs> even if and no, there's not many i mean you talk to some of the guys and you know when a guy comes in the huddle in a situation like that you see the look in his eye pretty quickly and, and guys in the huddle know like this dude's not yeah he's not ready for this and i could guarantee you there's not he walked in that huddle and they were like okay yeah here we go all right, right jake yeah. let's yeah. go um and so that part's great i mean that's yeah. what you want from that position and those guys see right through it and they they see him work every day too and that's mm-hmm. all part of the it's all part of the equation all right so that was jake browning zach taylor and brian callahan uh again jake browning first career start Age 27, coming up this weekend uh, against the Steelers. It uh, should be fascinating, really. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people in the building that are excited to see what Jake's going to bring. It's in a terrible situation, but um, sometimes terrible situations birth all kinds of stuff you didn't expect, and we'll see what happens here. Um, all right, I want to bring you uh, my conversation with Mike Schroeder and Michael Gold, the co-owners of Future Fans and Future Fans Football, uh, who are doing awesome stuff. And if you don't know about this, it's a great time to, to learn about it. If you have kids and you'd like them to love the sport that you love and know how it works, anybody that's tried to teach a kid really anything, uh, but specifically how a game like football works, you know how challenging that can be and how many dead ends you can run into. And if you feel like you can unlock that, man, it can really create a special connection um, that can help with your relationships with your kids. So here's uh, my conversation with the co-owners of Future Fans, uh, Mike Schroeder and Michael Gold. All right, now we're going to take, I'm going to kind of shift gears a little bit in something a little different here on the podcast, but it felt, this felt like the perfect time to do this. Thanksgiving's here. Everybody's going to be hanging out with your families. The football is going to be on. Everybody's going to be discussing the Bengals situation. You know, it's, it's, it's a topic on everybody's my Christmas around the corner and a, a little background. I, had I met these two guys, Mike Schroeder, Michael Golder, here joining me now, uh, back a while back, 
And uh, they told me about this future fans football and this company that they were starting and kind of looked to me because they knew I taught, I'm always out here talking about my kids and this, that. And so we talked a little bit about their idea. We talked about the Bengals and if they would have maybe interest in connecting with it as they kind of get this business going. And it's been so fun to watch this thing flourish and become a real thing, including a copy they sent to me and, and that my kids have loved. So I want to bring in Mike Schroeder and Michael gold to join me on the podcast. What's going on guys. Oh, appreciate you having us on. Yeah. Nice to be here. Uh, this is so fun. I, I, I gotta say, I wanted to have you guys on here to talk about this because I do think, you know, a lot of people that listen to this podcast and the ones that don't scroll through me telling stories about my kids, like they, they are in this exact same situation that you guys, you know, were in when you created this company. So let me open it up to you with just the backstory. You got your, first of all, you guys are Cincinnati ties. This is Bengals fandom here with kids, dads, just like a lot of us here. And you had this idea about helping kids understand sports better can you just kind of kind of take it from there and explain how we got to this point and what's when where we're at yeah so michael and i are are two Bengals fans i'm a cincinnati native we're based in columbus um and and co-founders as you said of future fans right and this is a new brand that's trying to reimagine how young kids learn sports and future fans football is our first product which launched uh this fall and and there's a huge connection to the Bengals here so you know, like for everyone listening to this podcast, January 22 happens and it's it's magical, right? Like everything about it is just incredible. I'm at that first playoff game against the Raiders. Paul, I remember you like and Jay having everybody send in stories of what <laughs> it was like and right. Like I'm hugging people that I would never be hugging in any other walk of life. And like that's what makes it so cool. And that's what makes sports so unique and so special. Um, the following week for the divisional round like my wife's pregnant with our third she's like you know no more going to these games um and so my oldest at the time ella is five and she's into the pageantry she knows the fight song she loves skyline dip but the second the game came on like she was out of there despite my best efforts to teach her like from the age of of one right and you know i was watching what again were life-changing games to me but by myself and not able to share it uh, with my oldest child. And, you know, so I was super sad and, and bummed about that uh, because, you know, as a Bengals fan, these things are fleeting. <laughs> I was there in 2006 when when the Kimo Von Olhoffen incident happened. You know, you, these things can go away in an instant. And, you know, I, I looked at the books around Sports Illustrated for kids, like how to teach football. And they were all just teaching in, in these direct ways that I've been doing and, and, and weren't working. And so I remembered back to six months prior um, she and I had done this this thing around chess that, that taught it via storybook. Um, and within two weeks, she and I, at the age of five, could play a simple game of chess. And so as I'm banging my head against the wall around why she can't understand football, I'm like, if she can understand chess in two weeks, like clearly we're not taking the right approach to how to teach a young kid sports. There's got to be a better way. Uh, because I'm not interested in just sitting around and waiting until she's nine when she's kind of slowly learned the game through osmosis. And who knows if she's even interested by that point. 
And and as a connection to this podcast, during that playoff run, you had optimistic Bobby on. He's describing <laughs> how he went from like you know watching games at MLTs to the, how special this run was. I think he said he had a nine year old, and like the nine year old now really can grasp what's going on. And I'm like, I don't want to wait for that, and and I'm not yeah. sure. It's- <laughs> And there's too many other things in my daughter's life. And that's really kind of where this spark for the idea behind future fans came from. It's so great. And so can I, can I just tell you, thank you guys for sending this to me because I, I did it. You know, my kids, uh, my daughters are six and four and we went through it. And and I'm telling you every day they would be like, can we do the next one now? I'm like, no, you got to wait to the next part, open the next box tomorrow. And they were ex- every day. They were excited to like open the next box because the, the way it, it teaches through, you know, these like parallel structure, other games. Right. And, and it used these ropes and it's like these little cornhole bags, which are very popular around my house anyway. And it was, and like, so they were really picking it up and understanding it. And when we started correlating it, when they finally said, Daddy, can we watch football with you? We want to watch and 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 actually see. And they're sitting there and they're like, okay, it's third down. They got a first down. They're understanding it. They like, I mean, they were really close to like criticizing Brandon Staley's fourth down decisions at one point. I thought, you know, they were really into it. And and by the end of that time, I mean, they really understand the basics of the game. And and I never, you know, I had I'm like you, I had tried the same thing and not had much success. And I just thought it was really, really, really cool. And I just hope that more parents, I want to make sure more parents know about this and your guys kind of passion behind it is like just the, the core of what everybody wants out of sports is to be this connection with your family and stuff. Right. So thank you guys, first of all, for doing this and sending me one and, and congratulations on all the success that you guys have had. Uh, let's see, you got what? Let's rack it, rack up off here. 2023 National Parenting Awards product winner and influencer choice favorite. Um, you're doing events with the Bengals, which is super cool. You've already done a couple where you go to schools. Irv Smith came to one with you guys right a couple of weeks ago. And uh, there's like this, there's this dance in the book called the Scratchy Bottom Hop that my older daughter didn't want to do. My younger daughter was all about the scratchy bottom hop. My old daughter's like, I got my own dances. Okay, dad. Like, I, I don't need to do this. You got two more events. You have two. Where are your next school events here down in Cincinnati? Yeah, we don't know the schools yet, but we'll be down in Cincinnati. Um, so these are on, you know, Tuesday off days. So our next event is on the, the 28th. And so we're we're super excited, right? As you said, the Bengals are utilizing, uh, you know, a community version um, of of what we've created, and um, you know, and, and we're we're super excited that it's a way to connect, you know, the Bengals to the community and and you know, learning football in this kind of inclusive and and parallel way. Yeah, and the the Bengals have been on board with you guys from the beginning, which is really cool. Yeah, we kind of reached out to them to share what we were doing. Um, obviously, the the Cincinnati connection and the inspiration, as we just described, um, and you know, good timing as, as they were, you know, thinking a little bit about you know the different ways that they wanted to do community events. And you know, a few meetings later, we aligned on on this approach to help support them on their you know Tuesday visits to the Cincinnati Public Schools. And we can't be more excited about uh, you know working together. And, and just to build on a little bit of what you shared, Paul, around the experience so people understand, right? So this is a 
a, a learning experience in a box around learning a sport together, in this case, football. And the way it's structured is it's eight sessions, call it 10 to 15 minutes each. And kids, an adult, you know, read a chapter or two in the book. They're then directed to open up one of the boxes that comes within the larger box. Uh, so it's kind of this cool unboxing experience as you go. Uh, so you read about something in the book like Circle Talk, bag Toss Game that teaches downs. You then get to open up a box to play that game at home. And so it's kind of this interactive experience over the course of, call it, you know, five to ten days. Yeah. And the age group is like four to 10, right? That's kind of like the, the, the pinpoint with, you know, I mean, even my, like I say, even my youngest picked up the basics of it at four and, you know, not as well, but my six-year-old was like all over it. Like it was great. It was, it was really kind of that kind of, it was a, a, a for, for me anyway, it was kind of a sweet spot. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, just like to share the impact that this has had, you know, my describe my daughter, Ella in January, 22, like fast forward to January 23, right. She's kind of been the Guinea pig through this product. Bengals beat the bills in the divisional round. I'm set to fly to Kansas city, meet my brother for the AFC championship game that night after the bills game. She's like, daddy, please don't go. All I want to do is watch the game with you. Yeah. Cancel on my brother who still went. She and I took in that heartbreak together on our couch at home. And like, that's what we're, aiming for is like this connection the rules are simply a mechanism to unlock that at an earlier age heartbreak together man bonding stuff this is my misery and now it's our misery right like that's (laughs) she was like we're on the way home from swimming lessons she's like dad i wish there was an nfl game every night and i was like Uh, we're not far from that ella (laughs) (laughs) in a couple weeks so we're getting them out and you'll always be like the cool thing, I think, also is that you'll just be surprised what they latch on to, right? Just like anything. The best was you guys have the there's like a, a book essentially that's kind of like almost like the after game with just yeah, lots yeah. of stuff in it that you can sift through. One page is like is the route tree. Okay. <laughs> now my daughter loves the route tree. Okay, she's out here. I'm like, all right, run a dig. Give me a post. Go hit me on a corner. Like she's she's like ready. I'm going to run a nine. You know, I mean, she's just like all over the route. So we would just she would have it. We'd take it with us and we'd lay it down. And so if I said, you know, give me a number five or whatever, she'd go over, see, oh, hitch. Okay. And then she'd go and she'd like run a her version of the hitch and then drop the ball or whatever. But it was great. Like it was, it was, it was really cool. And I just thought that was, uh, it was, it was super fun and congrats to everything you guys are done. Cause it's really, it does, it does really get kids to understand and get engaged and get excited about the idea, uh, of, of football. And that's, that's like, you know, such a, such a big deal to find that connection point for people that also love the game. Especially because, you know, the, the product itself, the core product, as you described, Paul really just, you know, gets the basics, right. So if you're, you know, to get to like a three out of 10. So they understand the basic rules of the game for you to engage, but, you know, typically the, the household where future fans lives has, you know, a super sport fan there. And so once you have that basic understanding, you know, then whether it's through that activity book or elsewhere, then you can start taking those deep dives, you know, whether it be, you know, working on your timing on your dig routes with your daughter or, you know, any other aspect of the game, but it's that unlocked um, to, to then go as far and deep as, as you can together. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So uh, people, it you guys are in my hood. Shout out to you guys. King Arthur's Toys can find it down there. Um, and you're also at Camargo Trading out there in Marymount. People can pick it up in person or or on the internet, right? 
Yep. Also available on futurefans.com and Amazon. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for your time and, and, you know, the passion that you guys have, uh, put behind your own passion here, which is just so helpful for people that are trying to figure out ways, uh, to teach this and, and, and share this with their kids. And, uh, so maybe over Thanksgiving, if, if, if you guys are sitting around with your family, want to be a good thing to have on hand, I, I can't recommend it enough. It was great. And uh, thank you guys for for all you're doing. And maybe we'll see you down here around town. You'll be here down here at the schools, and and maybe maybe we'll sketch you in one of these Bengals games and uh, and and come check it out. Yeah, we appreciate you having us on. Thanks, Paul. Thanks so awesome. much. Thanks, guys. All right, much thanks to Mike Schroeder, Michael Gold, uh, for joining. I uh, hope everybody gets a chance to go look into that. And if if you're interested, again, King Arthur's Toys, and you can go to their website. Uh, follow them on Instagram over at Future Fans, and um, and and give them a shot. Great stuff. All right, I do want to before I leave, uh, give you guys a Bengals growler bet for this weekend because we you know I may be gone, but we still got to focus on what's important. Growler bets in the house. So um, this weekend we're gonna do Jake Browning passer rating. Okay, let's see what you got. Who knows, right? Could be anywhere on the map. Uh, but Jake Browning passer rating, send it to me, pdaner at theathletic.com or hashtag Bengals Growler Bet on Twitter. And of course, if you send me an email, I need the word growler in the subject header. You guys have been crushing it as you heard me read a bunch of the ones from last week uh, with Josh on the last episode. So thanks, everybody, for all that you've been doing, sending in those. They've been hysterical and making me laugh, and you guys are awesome. Okay. Um, Jake Browning, passer writing. Send me that one. Um, no prediction this week because I still, I'm as you're listening to this, I don't know what happened with Pittsburgh on Sunday. Uh, but keep an eye out uh, for, for more stuff. Again, I have a story on Jake Browning, feature on Jake Browning that is out. Uh, you can catch that. You get the the full story, not just some of the. This is a lot of the deleted scenes, kind of there. You got to hear, listen to earlier. All right, thanks everybody for listening. Happy Thanksgiving! Again, appreciate everybody for uh, bearing with me as I kind of take this week to to recenter and get some family time in and do the Thanksgiving thing. I'll be back on Sunday for the game against the Steelers. Looking forward to that. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Hopefully, you get your family time in. Enjoy it. Eat up. Hammer some stuffing, all the good stuff. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a good one, everybody.